Welcome to the Eileen Marks Podcast, with a heart to engage women on the reality of life, the good, the bad, and the not so flattering. Eileen will explore all things women, discussing issues all women face with truth, reality, and rawness. On today's episode, we're happy to invite you to an interview Eileen had on the Talking Story Podcast, where she shares more about how All Things Possible Ministries has impacted people around the world, and why ministering to incarcerated youth in places like Iraq and Cambodia are so important right now. So let's dive into part one of the conversation. Victor, Eileen. Thank you guys for coming on the Talking Story podcast. It's been so cool to be here. Victor, I know I first met you way back when in a teenage youth (laughs) retreat camp and you shared your testimony and my gosh that's like a whole different podcast which we're not going to take the time to podcast and so we're just going to point people to your movie because i think your movie um my both my dad and i watched it as soon as you left hawaii a few months ago we had to rewatch the movie and we were in tears and just reminded about how um god can just redeem and give purpose to lives that sometimes you just go wow is there there's so much brokenness and hurt and pain and uh that forgiveness as well as what god has led you both into in the last what would you say through 30 years that you guys yeah, have been doing decades, this yeah. this work um it's pretty powerful so anyways thanks for making an impact in my 14 year old life and i think probably that's a huge reason why i'm sitting here today so we're going to just start crying it's going to be a big cry fest (laughs) we're the invisible ninjas chopping onions because they're in this room already (laughs) okay tears are being wiped but i um you know reason why this podcast began is because there's a lot of folks out there who have a heart um, to combat the issue of sexual exploitation. And there's a lot of ways to combat. And there's awareness and education. There's actually being a part of the hope and healing process in a woman and girls and even boys' lives. We have to remember that boys Thank are you. targets too. Yep. And, um, and then there's a the prayer aspect of, of things that people can just, you know, we, we interviewed the Kendrick brothers on this podcast who are the directors of War Room. And just a great reminder that a lot of the combating takes place behind closed doors. But that being said, would love to um, just hear kind of where you began in this journey of um, all things possible and this uh, nonprofit, correct, that you guys started a few few years ago. Well, thank you for coming to visit us. Love love being here. (laughs) And you're a rock star. With your training, you got right after it, and uh, including simulations training, shooting. I think y'all did some edge work. So, uh, I think your instructor is still looking, licking his wounds. So. Good, good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a Sorry, compliment. <laughs> that is a compliment. Yeah, you, you know, I think back where really the ministry was birthed was when I was a colleague of your dad's. Hmm. That focused on the family. Yeah. And um, I've always loved Bob and appreciated just his real, how to make things real, right? And um, and then also, he's a sheepdog because he does protect. He's always wanted to protect the youth from the wiles of the wicked one. And so that's when it started. And, you know, we first started reaching kids who were incarcerated uh, because reaching trouble, abused, and hurting youth, that was the most a uh, dense population we could find and in really many of the extreme cases. Uh, 
So uh, I remember, honey, remember we were at that girls' youth prison, and the warden, we asked him a question, and this was, I think, in Georgia, and we just asked the warden, and said, out of all these girls here, what percentage do you think have been sexual abused? And he said, all of them. So oftentimes we, as Christians, see the negative behaviors that are a result of that. And uh, it's kind of funny. I just uh, applying for the Department of Justice because I do some things and whatnot. Uh, there's a background check. And something popped up out of my history as a teenager that I literally just yesterday had to. It was a disorderly conduct. <laughs> what I, did you do, Victor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And I had to write this letter to give an explanation of the arrest and whatnot. And I said, you know, I was a young, hurting teenager who was disrespectful. The rest was deserved. Spent the night in jail. And, uh, you know, <laughs> things got a little little crazy because I'd actually just recently broken up with another police officer's daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh. And this was a small town, and all of a sudden they had me in a jail cell. So, uh, if anybody's listening back there in Jasper, Texas, it was deserved, okay? <laughs> Everything I got was deserved. But, I, yeah. You might as well do it now. I <laughs> have many times, but if they're listening again, my sincerest apologies. But, you know, I ended the letter to go, it's amazing of God's goodness and grace to take someone who was so hurting and to do what he's done in my life to now helping others who have suffered physical, sexual abuse. And for your listeners who don't know, to put it in context, uh, my mother was married 17, uh, excuse me, my mother was married six times. I went to 14 schools, lived in 17 different houses. But, um, you know, during the course of time as a young child, I was abused sexually, physically, and uh, it was uh, it was bad, and I was left in a cooler to die, ultimately. Um, so I ended up having to have 123 visits to a trauma specialist to try to rearrange my brain because it was so fractured. And um, I've been on Tepicotepikine, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium, Buspar, all these medications and in and out of care. Uh, and I'm just, I'm here to tell people that God made us to heal. And regardless of your background and hurt and pain, you always ought to forgive those who've done you wrong. And forgiving them, you know, just let's, let's put in the definition. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt someone back for hurting me. Mm, oh. I believe in justice. Yeah. Ask ISIS. Yeah. We were able to see a lot of justice to some of the evil that they've done uh, in our work over there. but. I, our big deal, and you said it, is we just love helping people. We love seeing people be free, even as Christians, uh, people who aren't believers. We still want them free, and ultimately our desire is for them to know the Lord. But it's a, it's a pretty fallen world we live in, and sexuality, uh, I joke plenty about it. You've been here enough. I mean, we're, I'm always cutting up um, because it is so horrible out there that, um, you know, I'd like to just keep light of it. But the people who we deal with often, whether children or uh, who, you know, pedophiles after or girls who've been held captive by ISIS or young girls and boys who've been, you know, 
trafficked and pimped in different parts of the world, Cambodia, Syria, whatever, whatever it is, we do have a desire to help them. And we're thankful for the thousands of people who pray for us and, of course, support uh, the nonprofit. So, yeah, it, that's really how I got started. And, and if it wasn't for a supportive wife, because our key, our little slogan, our personal saying is, you know, as couples, you have to fight back to back, not nose to nose. I love that. I remember you guys sharing that fighting that fighting back to back. And I feel like in this day and age, and uh, it's easy to fight. You're fighting each other and you have to be on the same team. And that's something that I've learned. You know, a lot of the listeners know my story, but uh, yeah, it's that's important. You guys, 32 years, that's incredible. And I love just being here, even when you were in Hawaii and now here, I just love rubbing shoulders with y'all. And you have a very contagious marriage, you know, I'm like, if and when that happens again for me, I hope to uh, just apply some of the things I've seen in y'all's marriage and life. And I know it's not perfect, but um, so, okay, incarcerated children obviously now you're seeing that many, especially the girls who are incarcerated, have been victims of uh, sexual assault. Uh, then, you know, you mentioned Cambodia, you've mentioned Syria. So it kind of seems like a bit of a leap to go from incarcerated kids domestically to now you're working internationally. So how how did that leap take place? Did it fall in y'all's lap? Were you knocking on doors? No, no, this is not something we looked for. Um, this, sure. <laughs> who, who in the right mind? Um, I think because of the work that we've done with kids who are incarcerated and, and seeing the connection of the trauma that they've experienced and then their behavior, a lot of that wasn't being addressed, just the behavior. So, um, really after seeing and walking through Victor's trauma and him being able to process all of it because it just doesn't go away. People, if they're abused as a child, they grow old and it stays in their soul. And then there's things they have to work out, PTSD. So we we really were in this realm for eight or nine years. And then because of the work we've done with trauma, we've made two films on trauma, what military people experience, and then what uh, the civilian experience. It's not just military. So um, I think we, we became known for trauma and dealing with trauma. So. Interesting, uh, the Kurdistan government contacted us. This was in 2000, the end of 2014, when ISIS had gone through the town of Sinjar in northern Iraq, and their target were a group of people called Yazidis. So these are beautiful women. They all, they look European, blonde hair, brown hair, blue eyes, green eyes. So they're not the typical Iraqi looking. They're different. So, and they have their own religion. So ISIS, they targeted these young women. They went through the towns. They kidnapped the women. So we were contacted um, late December of 2014 asking, can we bring a team over? Because these young women that were captured were now freed, but many were taking their lives because wow. of the trauma. Yeah. They were reliving it. And, and, and I'm telling you, I went there. I was not prepared to hear what these young women went through, they could have been my daughters. And I mean, it still, it still affects me because I just can't picture another human being doing things to another human being for that. So that's how we initially got over to Iraq. We were invited. And, and, and I'll tell you, Kelsey, I actually 
looked for other organizations. Oh, really? To other organizations who had the means to get over there. Nothing. Crickets. And and I don't blame them, right? Who wants to go to ISIS territory? And so, but we just felt like God said go. We took a small team and um, God just opened the doors and we've been in and out ever since. Is this the same trip that you were sharing that God told you to bring bubbles? No. Okay, that's a different yeah, that's trip. A, this was that was our fourth time in. Okay. Yes. Okay. We'll have to I always love that where that was almost a point of contention for you guys, but God ended up using this simple small bubbles. simple thing of bubbles to start to open some doors that uh wouldn't have been opened otherwise. So, how many times have you guys been to Iraq and Syria? Um, Victor's been I think 10 or 11. I, I went in four times. Okay. And then did you bring the family? You brought your kids? I did. And that's when we wow. brought the bubbles. Okay, that's the... <laughs> the <brought> our, <laughs> yes, because bubbles are universal. Yeah. Children, right? It's all ages. So that was definitely the Lord told me, go to Dollar Tree store and grab a bunch of bubbles. And we did that. Wow, that's amazing. You guys did some work in Cambodia. Still doing work? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there is a specific girl story. Can you... that? has just been tremendously impacted by your ministry and what, what God has allowed you to do. I know you guys are consider yourself just vessels. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about her? And um, yes. yeah, Nora. Nora is this orphan, beautiful orphan girl who was being groomed and actually abused by a man for several years. And uh, she's the oldest of, I think, five children. Both of her parents or dad, she was working in a factory, and this man, actually, she had found someone she wanted to marry. This is the background story. Okay. So, she went to this man to say, you know, I, I want to be free. Yeah. And uh, he he was not happy. So, when he met with her, his intentions were to kill her. Um, he, he raped her. He poured battery acid on her. He uh, cut off her hand and tried to cut her other hand off. And left her to die. And God, of course, has a final word in that. And he did. He saved her and allowed her to get up. She, I mean, her story is incredible because she's got acid on her eyes, but she could see a light. Wow. And a light that almost moved to help her to get out of where she was and brought her to someone's house. And then they brought her to a wow. hospital. So it's just like, this is such the hand of God over her life. So we we found out about this and provided the medical attention that she needed and uh, brought her to the safe house because we work with um, a House of Refuge is, is a partner relationship we have with them. So she was brought to this home, a bunch of girls. I mean, you know, what the enemy means for evil, God always turns for good. This young woman uh, found Jesus, now is teaching Bible studies, you know, she has a prosthetic for her hand, but her life has changed. She just said, and that experience she had with the light, she now knows it was the Lord saving her. So she represents, sadly, so many children that are orphaned that nobody cares about. Nobody, because they're just a number. So, but this particular one, God had his hand on her. And uh, actually, her perpetrator has been found. Wow. And he will 
the justice. He, he will, justice is there, is there justice? Justice will be served. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's promising. That's, that was. So for her too, I think when she found out that he was caught, she just wept. Can you imagine the freedom to know he will never be able to torment her or cause fear in her life? Always wondering the what if. What if, so? There, there are good stories here on Earth. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work Eileen is doing around the world with her husband, Victor, at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to join us back next week for part two of Eileen's conversation on the Talking Story podcast. You won't want to miss it. Until next time.